Hey, hey, hey! Welcome back to Dan's Miscellaneous Ramblings, episode 334. Today, we're getting into something that I personally hold kind of near and dear to my heart, and that's a random science fiction topic. Because I have been playing a lot of Stellaris recently, which is this uh, strategy game where you play as a spacefaring empire, and they use a whole bunch of science fiction things in it, and it's great. So we're going to be looking into one of those, and today's topic will be the Ecumenopolis. Well, while it is a lot of syllables, it's actually a relatively simple concept. So we're starting off small, mostly because I don't have a ton of time today to go overboard, so I can't talk about something like the Dyson Sphere, which will be in a future episode, probably, unless I forget, which is entirely possible. But I think it's very cool, so I probably won't. But we'll save that for some other time. An ecumenopolis comes from the Greek word uh, ecumen, or is it, I think it's ecumen, um, oikumen, or something like that, oikumen, something like that, uh, which means world, and polis, which means city. It is literally just a world city. It's the hypothetical concept of a planet-wide city, a city that spans the entire surface of a planet, uh, Massive roadways that can link any point to any point. You know, that sort of thing. Now, to some people, especially people who really like nature, that probably sounds like a hellscape. But uh, the, let's just talk about where it came from for a sec. We've already got the where the word came from. But let's talk about the 1967 Greek city planner Constantino, Constantinos Apostolo Doxidus or Doxiatus, which you can guess is probably Greek. Um, he basically invented the word to represent the idea that in the future, urban areas and megapolises will eventually fuse, and there will be a single continuous worldwide city as a prog progression from the current urbanization, population growth, transport, and human networks. According to Doxiatus, it was the 15th le level of ecstatic units, an ecstatic unit, uh, ecstatics is the science of human settlements. Um, so, and it's the most significant one as the uppermost echelon of the classification. The concept was also already in current science fiction in 1942, which was even earlier, though it wasn't called an ecumenopolis because the word hadn't been invented yet, but it, with Trantor in Isaac Asimov's Foundation series. When made public, his idea seemed close to science fiction, but today is quote, surprisingly pertinent, according to geography researchers uh, Pavle Staminovic, Dunjapredic, and Davor Eris, especially as a consequence of globalization and Europeanization. Europeanization. Now that's a lot of syllables. Doxiatis also created a scenario based on the traditions and trends of urban development of the time, predicting at first a European aperopolis, which is a, a continent city, Eperopolis, oh, that's weird, a continent city, which would be based on the area between London, Paris, Rhein-Ruhr, and Amsterdam. Where's Rhein-Ruhr? I've never heard of that one. That's a, a metropolitan region in Germany. Okay, that makes sense. In 2008, Time Magazine coined uh, Nylongkong to link New York City, London, and Hong Kong as the Eperopolis. Oh my god, this is a hard word. Eperopolis 
of the Americas, Euro-Africa, and the Asia-Pacific. So New York City, London, and Hong Kong is kind of like one big city, but just based in three different locations. That's what they're saying. Nylon Kong is what Time Magazine called it. Jeez. There's a lot of just words in this one. In popular culture, before the term had been created, the concept had been previously discussed. The American religious leader, Thomas Lake Harris, who lived from 1823 to 1906, mentioned city planets in his verses. And science fiction author Isaac Asimov used Trantor, as we talked about before, because it's in this article twice, apparently. In science fiction, the Achaemenopolis has become a frequent topic and popularized in 1999 by the fictional city planet Coruscant in the Star Wars franchise, uh, which is the capital of the Galactic Republic and later the Empire and home to the Jedi Order. In addition to Coruscant, Star Wars Expanded Universe also features Narshada, a moon Achaemenopolis known for being almost entirely ruled by crime lords, and Taurus, a former Achaemenopolis that was destroyed and then became a ruined swamp. The concept has been explored in the video game Stellaris. Hey, that was the thing that uh, the, that got me to do this episode. That's cool. Where players are given the option of transforming planet into an Achaemenopolis, which provides a great deal of housing and space for industrial production at the cost of making the planet's natural uh, resources inaccessible. Yep, that's how that would work. And the se- a central setting in the tabletop lore pl- uh, role-playing game not role-playing game, sorry, tabletop war game, Warhammer 40k, is a portrayal of Earth in the far future, where it is known as Holy Terra and is described as being transformed into a vast Gothic-style Achaemenopolis sometime between the 30th millennium AD after its establishment as the throne world or capital of an interstellar superpower known as the Imperium of Man. The in Magic, the ah, In Magic the Gathering, a game I also played a lot, the plane of Ravnica is considered an ecumenopolis. Um, I love Ravnica. Ravnica is actually where I got my start in magic. The very first uh, set that I, uh, the very first booster pack I ever got was a, a, a dragon's maze one. And I was like, well, I can't use these cards unless I have a deck. And then I went out and bought a deck. Um, it was great. Uh, Ravnica and home home to the 10 guilds it's amazing but anyway that's beside the point let's move on dc comments features dark side's extra dimensional home planet of apocalypse which is definitely not uh, <laughs> hinting at anything often depicted as a hellish ro- world and covered entirely in industrial sprawl to feed dark side's brutal empire in Lun- in lunatics unleashed the planet uh Ac- acmetropolis was trans- classified as a city planet in, C- in the Season 1 intro. The video game Star Citizen features an Achaemenopolis in the Stanton City, Arc Corp, owned by a fictional in-game company of the same name and headquartered on that planet. And the main location you can land and explore in is Area 18. Additionally, the manga and film of Blame by Tsutomo Tsutomo Nihi I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, but whatever. It's set in the far future in which Earth has become the ruins of a planet-covering city, which is about suggested to be so large that it has consumed most of the solar system as well. Jeez. Some of the other works that take place in the same... Some of his other works also take place in the same setting. And that's about all the Wikipedia page says about Achaemenopolis, which is not great, considering I still have seven and a half minutes left to cover. So, let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about where Achaemen comes from. An ecumen, or ecumen, from which just means inhabited or 
uh, that sort of thing is the yeah you know what this is this isn't science fiction we're leaving this let's talk about arcologies instead arcologies a portmanteau of architecture and ecology is a field creating a field of creating architectural design principles for very densely populated and ecologically low habitat oh low impact human habitats coined in 1969 by paulo soleri who believed that a completed arcology would provide space for a variety of residential, commercial, and agricultural facilities while minimizing individual human environmental impact. Um, the image that it's got, uh, the concept design for the New Orleans Arcology Habitat, um, designed by E. Kevin Schopfer, shows it being like three times larger than a sur- than the surrounding like skyscrapers. But also, it's like kind of far away from the skyscrapers, so maybe they're far away. But it's big. It's very big. Um, the concept, what's called? These structures have been largely hypothetical, as no archaeology, even one envisioned by Solari himself, has yet been built. The concept has been popularized by various science fiction writers. Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell have provided a detailed description of the archaeology in the 1981 novel Oath of Fealty. William Gibson mainstreamed the term in his. 1984 cyberpunk novel novel Neuromancer, where each corporation has its own self-contained city known as the Arcologies. More recently, Peter Hamilton and Neutronium Alchemist and Paolo Paolo Bassiagalupi Bassiagalupi and The Water Knife explicitly use Arcologies as part of the scenario. Um, So basically, it's just distinguished from merely a large building, and that's designed to lessen the impact of human habitation on any given ecosystem. Being self-sustainable, employing a bunch of resources for a comfortable life, but only like its own resources, power, climate control, food production, air, water conservation, purification, sewage treatment, etc., it's designed to make it possible to supply those items for a large population. It would supply and maintain its own municipal and urban infrastructures in order to operate and connect with other human environments apart from its own. It was proposed to reduce the here reduce the human impact on natural resources. It might apply conventional building and civil engineering techniques in very, very large but practical projects in order to achieve pedestrian economies of scale that proven post-automobile to be difficult to achieve in other ways. Frank Lloyd Wright actually proposed an, er- an early version called Broadacre City that, in contrast to an archaeology, was relatively two-dimensional and depends on a road network, but he described how transportation, agriculture, and commerce systems that would support an economy. Critics said that it failed to account for population growth and assumed a more rigid democracy than the U.S. actually has, so they kind of didn't really go far. Um, Buckminster Fuller also proposed the Old Man River City Project, domed, a domed city with a capacity of 125,000 as the solution to housing problems, problems in East, East St. Louis, Illinois. Um, and then more and more solutions were proposed, blah, 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 blah. Arcosanti is an experimental archaeology prototype, a demonstration project under construction in central Arizona since 1970. Designed by Paulo Soleri uh, himself, its primary pur- purpose is to demonstrate Soleri's personal designs, his application of principles of archaeology to create a pedestrian-friendly urban form. Many cities have been have proposed products adhering to the design principles of the archaeology, like Tokyo and Dongten near Shanghai. 
The Dongtan project may have collapsed, and it failed to open to the Shang for the Shanghai World Ex yeah, Shanghai World Expo in 2010. McMurdo Station, the United States Antarctic Program, and other scientific research stations on Antarctica resemble the popular conception of anarchology as technologically advanced, relatively self-sufficient human community. It provides living and entertainment amenities for roughly 3,000 staff who visit each year. Its remoteness and measures need to protect its population from the harsh environment give it an insular character. It's not yet self-sufficient. Uh, the U.S. military delivers 30,000 cubic meters or 8 million U.S. gallons of fuel and 5 kilotons or 11 million pounds of supplies and equipment yearly through its Operation Deep Freeze resupply effort, but it's isolated from conventional support networks. That networks. Under an international treaty, it must avoid damage to the surrounding ecosystem. Uh, Bagich Towers operates like a small-scale arcology while encompassing nearly all of the population of Whittier, Alaska. The building contains residential housing as well as a police station, grocery, and municipal offices. Whittier once boasted a second structure known as the Buckner Building, but it still stands out, uh, still stands both deemed unfit for habitation after the 1969 earthquake. Um, and then there's some popular culture stuff as well. Robert Silverberg's The World Inside, most of the global population of 75 billion lives inside giant skyscrapers called uh, Urbmons, each of which contains hundreds of thousands of people. They're arranged in constellations. Each of these is also divided into neighborhoods of 40 or so floors. All the needs of inhabitants are provided inside each building. Food is grown outside and brought into the building. So the idea of going outside is heretical and could be a sign of madness. The book intimates life where population density is extremely high. Another significant example is Oath of Fealty, as we talked about before, uh, from 1981 by Larry, Larry Niven and Jerry Pornell, which is the segment of the population of Los Angeles has moved into an archaeology. The plot examines the social changes that result both inside and outside the archaeology. Um, thus, the archaeology is not just a plot device, but a subject of critique. The in the city of in the city building game Sim City 2000, the self-contained archaeologists can be built, reducing the infrastructure needs of the city. So now we've covered two different topics: the the Achaemenopolis and the archaeologies that would likely result inside them. I think it's time for to see if there's any Achaemenopolis jokes. Achaemenopolis jokes. Let's see if anything pops up. Oh, wow. Mm. Guys, I don't know if Acumenopolis jokes exist. Huh. Let's look up arcology jokes and see if we got anything there. Arcology joke. Yeah. No, not archaeology jokes. I want arcology jokes. Um, is this an archaeology joke? Nope. That's not. Okay. Well, we have finally hit un unexplored joking territory, so I must make up a, a, an Acumenopolis joke. <sighs> so, what do you call the police force no, that's dumb. We can do better. Let's go with... 
Man. Man, I can't believe that there's no girls in this planet-wide city. Well, they call it Niku Menopolis for a reason. Yeah, no, I, that wasn't good. But we're sticking with it. So it's time for the song that's been in my mind all episode. And this song that's been in my mind all episode is going to be... Hmm. We're going to do Ballad to a Spaceman by Julia Eckler. Ballad to a Spaceman is an incredibly emotionally pulling song. It's about a, a guy who was born in space and dies in space in his life story. Um, anyway, with that being said, subscribe to my Patreon. Do the whole join my Discord thing. I do this stuff on Podbean every day. Um, where I'm hoping to actually get guest stars back on here pretty soon. Also make sure to vote in the discord about the Minecraft server because currently it's tied and I don't feel like, I mean, like if it's comes down to it, I'll just make it in bedrock because I know Java players can play in bedrock, but like, come on. <laughs> anyway, I hope you all have a wonderful day and I'll catch you all next time. Goodbye.